This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist, keeping my eye on the economy every day for you, with no bluster, no bias, and no bull. June 3rd, 2020. A few economic releases today. MBA mortgage applications for the week ended 529. The prior week was up 2.7% for the week of 529, was down 3.9%. The purchase index was up 9% lat the prior week, and this most recent week it was up 5%. And the refinance index the prior week was down 0.2%, and the most recent week was down 9%. So more activity in uh, purchasing, but a lot less activity in refinancing. The ADP employment report was a big report for the day. The level in April was minus 19,557,000 jobs lost. Just staggering. The forecast for May was minus 8.663 million and the, and the uh, actual number was minus 2.76 million. So much, much less than in April and much, much less than the forecast. So that's a major reason why the stock market was up big today because the estimate for job losses for May was not nearly as bad as investors and economists expected. Within ADP, the uh, manufacturing sector lost 719,000 jobs and trade and transportation lost 826,000 jobs. The PMI Services Index, which is an index of uh, the services industry, in April was 26.7, the forecast for May was 36.9, the actual was 37.5. So better than April and better than forecast. Factory orders in March were down 11% from the prior month. The forecast for April was minus 14% and the actual was minus 13%. So worse than in March, but slightly less bad than expected for April. And the ISM non-manufacturing index, which is another look at the services part of the economy, the, this index was 41.8 in April, forecast for May was 44, actual was 45.4, so better than in April and better than forecast. So we have better economic numbers than forecast for every for every uh, uh, release that we had today. And so that's why the market is up. Uh, one other thing about the ISM manufacturing, uh, four of 18 industries expanded in May. Only four, but only two expanded in April. So slightly better in that respect as well. And the services sector employs more than 80% of U.S. workers. So that's why these reports are very, very important for investors and others to understand what is happening in the overall economy. So with better than expected economic data today, the market was, uh, was happy about that and went up quite a bit. 527 points, I believe, was the number. Now for a few uh, miscellaneous items. A second wave of infections uh, forces Israeli schools to close. 
Israel has quarantined nearly 10,000 students and teachers as it struggles to control an outbreak of COVID-19 in educational institutions three weeks after reopening its economy. Uh, so this is something that we're going to have to worry about here in the United States and other countries will too when they open their schools. The government has responded saying it will shut any school with a single confirmed case. This is stricter than the earlier requirement of waiting until three cases were confirmed before a school would have to close, which had affected fewer than a dozen schools since lockdown was lifted. A study yesterday indicated that about 200,000 Israelis, less than 3% of the population, had developed post-infection antibodies far below the 60% required for herd immunity. So definitely something we have to think about when we reopen our schools in the United States. Amazon secures cheapest borrowing costs. The interest on the new three-year note was less than two-tenths of a percentage point above the rate investors charged the U.S. government when it issued debt of a similar maturity in May, a stunning turn for a company whose debt was once considered junk. Amazon paid 1.9% on a three-year note when it last tapped bond markets in 2017 to fund its takeover of the grocer Whole Foods market. The rate it secured this week was below the previous record low of 0.45% secured in 2012 and 2013 by the likes of Apple, IBM, and Walt Disney. Amazon's new 7- and 10-year borrowings carried coupons of 1.2% and 1.5% respectively, also the lowest ever in the U.S. corporate bond market, toppling a record set by the, by the retailer Costco this year. Corporate bond issuance has passed $1 trillion this year, a record pace. So despite all of the economic melee going on, Corporations are still borrowing money, even though they were borrowing money a lot before the pandemic. Amazon stands out as one of the companies to have benefited from the policy response to the virus, with the closure of non-essential stores pushing more consumers online. And in my opinion, and in many people's opinion, a lot of this change is going to be permanent. So if you want to look for a company to invest in, you might want to consider Amazon. I'm not suggesting you do, but I'm just saying you might want to consider it. Delinquency rate is soaring for loans backed by mortgages. The percentage of commercial lo property loans left unpaid by borrowers in the U.S. more than tripled last month in a sign of a deepening crisis in the $1.3 trillion market for bonds backed by the mortgages. Delinquency rate on loans underpinning commercial mortgage-backed securities rose from 2.3% in April to 7.4% in May. Borrowers are considered delinquent when they fail to make a, a payment within 30 days. A further 8.6% of mortgages were in that 30-day grace period after missing payment. The sharp rise in delinquencies is a sign of the growing stress in commercial mortgages where borrowers have been squeezed by lockdowns imposed to limit the spread of coronavirus. Again, I'm going to say that uh, I don't know how, how much of these uh, securities are held by banks, but uh, if this continues, you never know when this could uh, start to turn into a financial crisis if these securities keep going down in value and banks are finding a, a, a bigger and bigger stress on their balance sheets and their capital ratios. The largest increase in unpaid mortgages has been seen in the lodging category, which covers hotels and retail properties such as shopping malls. More on travel in a minute. More than 19% of lodging loans wrapped up in the CMBS market became delinquent in May, up from 2.7% in April. A further 15.6% of loans were behind on payments, but less than 30 days overdue. Uh, now for some notes on international travel. More than 140 countries and territories have brought in quarantine measures since January. Yet this new world of confinement has also brought problems. Human rights groups say some governments have used quarantine as a pretext to make arbitrary arrests. 
Rules have sprung up so haphazardly it has created a confusing hodgepodge of travel rules that have begun to alarm transport and tourism companies. Authorities have commonly quarantined arriving travelers for 14 days, a period researchers deemed safe for a virus with an average incubation period of about five days, but the rules are by no means uniform. For the travel and tourism industry, which supports an estimated 1 in 10 jobs worldwide, this jumble of measures is a worrying reminder of what happened after the September 11, 2001 attacks in the U.S., when countries launched an array of different airport safety rules, many of which lasted until this year, ironically. That lack of alignment after 9-11 is one reason it took the industry five years to recover. The World Health Organization was created in 1948 in the wake of a series of 19th century international sanitary conferences. These wrestled with the need to agree on quarantine procedures to stop the spread of diseases, such as cholera, without unduly disrupting international trade. The WHO has long been wary of curbing the movement of people or goods in a public health emergency, in part because it says such restrictions are often ineffective and can damage economies. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now for some notes on an article I wrote I read I read about the travel industry. Ten percent of all jobs in the United States are in travel. Fifty percent unemployment rate for the industry right now. Bankruptcies and business closures are looming. The travel industry is in a deep depression. Cost of lockdowns is nine times the cost of the effects uh, after 9-11. Travel is likely one of the last industries that will recover. Layoffs are coming in the fall when the no layoffs provision in federal aid packages expires. That's for airlines. 8,500 jobs between United and American are at risk of being laid off or lost. Delta is offering early retirement and layoffs for those who don't take that offer. Uh, the airlines are looking for $4,000 in tax credit for domestic travelers. And they also want business meals and entertainment fully tax deductible for companies. Zoom, the company that that you know for all these uh, video conferencing is worth 27 billion dollars more than United and American Airlines combined wow hotels near beaches and, and in smaller cities are doing better than urban ones lodging that draws nearby travel nearby tourists are doing better than those relying on airports for their business Las Vegas is getting crushed with a 28 percent unemployment rate the highest in the nation and more than during even the Great Depression. 97% drop in visitors in April versus a year ago, and hotel occupancy is only at 2%. I'm thinking uh, when things open up, uh, airlines and hotels for trips to Vegas are going to be incredibly cheap. Just my, just my prediction. Because nobody's going to want to go, and those who do are going to get pretty darn good deals, I would think. Hawaii is also hurting with 22% unemployment rate. Disney and Universal Studios in Orlando may not recover fully until 2022 to 2025, somewhere in that range. Most people uh, are not keen on international travel due to possibly needing to be quarantined when they uh, arrive in their country of destination. That certainly doesn't sound like uh, an enjoyable prospect. Fewer jobs and fewer destinations are likely the future for the airline industry and people will likely not feel safe to fly until there is a vaccine. Now for a few words on the riots. Uh, the short-term hit of about two percentage points to GDP from the riots is one, one analyst uh, predicted. Uh, Medium-term boost, though, due to the re rebuilding when uh, they start rebuilding some of these businesses and stores. Some businesses may not want to reopen, though, due to fears of being hit again sometime in the future. 
Protests and riots could lead to a wave of uh, coronavirus infections, which could further hamper the economic recovery. The economic damage may actually be the goal of the riots, because that damage is what rioters hope will bring political and economic change. Interesting. We all know that. We all know what's really going on here. Um, now for a few notes on remote work, or at least uh, the labor market. Um, hire, this was from uh, LinkedIn, the economist at LinkedIn. Hiring is not falling anymore, but it's not rising either. So it appears as though the labor market is bottoming out. The economy won't feel normal for a long time. ADP and LinkedIn are showing more weakness moving to large firms as opposed to smaller firms. That's not good news. Many jobs are open. Many jobs open now are pretty specialized, and they need a certain set of skills that many people may not currently possess. A vaccine will bring a lot of people back to the office, but some remote work will remain. And the recession may not be over yet, but if it is, the recovery will be very slow. And now for an update on the coronavirus for the world. The death rate was 5.93%. Uh, yesterday, down slightly from 5.96%. The growth rate in fatalities was 1.2%, up a little bit from 0.8%. For the United States, the death rate was 5.74%, slightly lower than 5.75% the day before. And the growth rate in fatalities was 1.1%, up from 0.7% the day before. And again, I just want to mention that uh, Minnesota, the, the model created by the University of Minnesota and the Minnesota Department of Health and used by the governor to determine what to do about lockdowns in the economy. Uh, just want to reiterate this again, that their prediction by May 31st was 1,700 fatalities in Minnesota. Actual number was 1,082. That's a 60% error. It's just striking how, how off they were. I, I shared that yesterday, but I wanted to share it again today because I think it's so important that, um, you know, I think uh, they can't be relying on this model to be determining, uh, you know, which uh, businesses and which industries can open up or stay locked down. I just had my first haircut today in four months, and it felt so good, but I had to wear a mask, and I had to sign up for an appointment, and I had to wait an extra half hour beyond when my appointment was, and it took twice as long to cut my hair because there was so much on my head. <laughs> but um, a lot of these businesses are very backlogged and have a lot of pent-up demand, and so um, we need a better model to determine what we should be doing about these businesses. And if we can't get a good model, we need to rely on actual data rather than uh, these models that are very, very flawed. Now for tip number 38 for how to stay sane during unemployment. Tip number 38 falls under the fourth commandment of be good to yourself. Tip number 38 is find time to laugh. Got to find time to laugh, especially during these times. We've been through an impeachment, a pandemic, a recession, and now uh, world or um, nationwide riots. Man, we have really been through the ringer, haven't we? So, time to throw on your favorite uh, funny movie or your favorite comedy show or sitcom or reruns of funny sitcoms or whatever, or f a funny movie, and just laugh. Just let your lungs get some air and breathe in and breathe out, big breaths when you're laughing, 
it just does so good for you for physically as well as for you mentally and emotionally and spiritually. So whatever you way you can find a laugh, even, you know, talking to somebody who is funny that you know, find a way to laugh. That's my tip number 38 for today. That's all I have for today. Please subscribe and follow me if you like what you hear. Please spread the word. Feel free to listen to previous episodes on other tips on how to stay sane during unemployment. And tomorrow we have a motor vehicle sales, the Challenger Job Cut Report, the International Trade Report, Initial Jobless Claims, and Productivity Report. This is Ed Cashmark, the Everyday Economist. Stay safe and stay sane. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the rest of your day.